what's really going on. There's such a shortage of truth that you, you can go either way. I, I will watch some of the hardcore right wing. I don't watch any of the left, left side. I just don't. I get so frustrated when, when I hear what they're saying and doing. I can't watch it. But then I get frustrated about the right because they're promoting a false agenda sometimes too. It, it, it's, the truth is absent in our news. We live in a complete contrast to what the world says is good. The Bible is full of the truth that we need as believers and trusters in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we have that truth that is in the Bible, we can live that full life in Christ that I've talked about. We can have that life, but we have to hold on to that life. The Bible is full of, of wisdom and instruction and insight on how we need to live our lives. I used to think before I was saved that truth was a relative term. Your truth might not be my truth. I've told y'all before, when Pat Robertson, I think it was, ran for president, I thought, uh-uh. I enjoy smoking weed way too much to have a Christian president that's going to shut everything down. That's what my truth was. I want to do illegal things. It's okay. All my friends do it. Yes, I jumped off that bridge one time. Are they jumping off that bridge? Yes, ma'am, I did. I don't want to tell you about it. Couldn't you be mad at me, mama? <laughs> then my life changed. I had an awakening, if you will. And, and I came to understand the only truth is in the Bible. It is unchanging. It is unfaltering. It is blatant and in your face truth. As I've grown, and I hope as you have grown in the Lord, reading the Bible has changed for me. I don't just read it to read it. I read it to find the truth that God says this is how you live your life. And I don't just read it to find it. I read it so that I can live it out in my day-to-day -day life. Because it's really easy just to read something and go on without changing. But we have to be purposeful when we read the truth and say, this is going to change my life. We cannot leave our Bible laying on the bookcase at home getting dust until we come to church next week. We cannot throw it in the back window of the car for the pages to turn up and get it out every second week that we go to church. Now, obviously, you guys are here every week, but there are people that think that going to church once a month is going to keep them out of hell. Going to church doesn't keep you out of hell. Surrendering to Jesus Christ does. Because I can assure you some unpreachers out there, as we say in East Tennessee, they ain't cutting the mustard with the truth. They leave it out of their sermons. What happens when we're studying and learning and, and growing? We see that the, the, there's that 
conflict coming with the values of the world. And we know that, that we can be renewed and transformed by the Word of God. I'm going to take it a step further than those previous sermons today. And, and, and I want to transform our minds as, we, as you will. And, and I pursue, encourage you to pursue the truth in God. The Word, the truth of God is powerful and effective when you allow it to work in your life. Let me see what this book name was. Um, Dr. Dr. William Miller said in a book called Inside Islam, Exposing and Reaching the World of Islam. One day a shoemaker uh, in Meshed, a very religious city in northeastern Iran, brought home for his lunch some cheese, which the grocer had wrapped in a page of the New Testament. That's what he's using for his wrapping paper, is our Bible. After eating lunch, he picked up the piece of paper and read the story of the man who hired the laborers. They worked in his vineyard. They paid the ones that worked all day, half a day, and just a small portion of the day. Paid them all the same. The shoemaker liked the story. When he went back the next day, the grocer uh, wrapped the cheese, wrapped another uh, meal, another cheese inside another sheet of the Bible. On the third day, he bought what remained of the New Testament and showed it to his brother. The two of them went to a missionary who gave them the complete story and gave them the regular instruction in the Word of God. Both men were later baptized were among the first believers in that city. God is working, but His Word has to get out. His Word has to go forth. The Old Testament says it goes forth and accomplishes what it was sent to accomplish. Does not return to Him void. Even when the words of the Scripture are torn page by page by page and used as trash, they still have the power to redeem. That's my Bible. Just part of it can change your life. Romans 7.15 says, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. Paul's talking about sin. How many of us could really put that toward our time with God? Or maybe a lack thereof. We know we should do it, but we don't. I'm believing that today, if you haven't been spending that time, today is the day that you'll uh, uh, have a new hunger for His Word. In Proverbs chapter 23, 23, He tells us something that's this really, I mean, it's eye-opening to me when I, when I reviewed it the other day. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom and instruction and insight as well. You see, He's telling us how to, how, to, how to be in the Word of God. He's telling us that we need to do these things. Don't sell it. Now, I don't think He's talking about standing on the on the corner selling pages of your Bible or selling your Bible. I, I think he's talking about the internal struggle. 
Maybe you've not had that internal struggle. I have. That internal struggle with the Word of God and, and trying to keep it a priority in my life. Fact is, many people have a casual encounter with God, but not a life-changing experience with God. People have an encounter and they feel the love and the joy and the peace and, and the strength, everything that comes with serving Jesus Christ. They feel it in that moment. They embrace that wonderful feeling for a time. But, but then they, they do not do what is necessary to keep the fire burning. We used to have a retreat at Cornerstone called The Vision. And, and I worked, I went and then I worked it for six or seven years, I believe, or more. And Basically, the women went on one weekend, the men went on the other. They, they, they took your watch, they, they took your phone, they took everything. You didn't know what time it was. If you ask somebody what time it was, it's always 8 o'clock. You had meetings where you're taught, you had time, time for prayer. And I don't know what's going on with my microphone. Is it going out or is it just my hearing going out? You had time for prayer and, and, and worship and had chapel and communion and, and, and all this. And I can assure you, on that weekend, my life changed forever. I taught at that for several years. And one day we were leaving and one of the men that had gone through when I was teaching uh, came up to me and said, Man, he said, how do you keep the fire burning? He said, you're always on fire. I said two things. I always remember where I came from and I always remember who did it for me. I put on my favorite praise songs whenever I'm feeling challenged. I call out the scripture that says He will flee when I submit to God. And I don't let Him in. If you, don't, if you weren't here, don't remember. It says don't quench the Holy Spirit. That means don't quench the fire. And you quench fire two ways. Those of you campers know you put water on it. The other way to put out a fire is don't give it any fuel. It'll burn out. So if you have the fire going but you don't ever give it any fuel, you're going to quench the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to feed it for it to keep burning. I believe in my heart that Satan is not trying to convince us that there's no God. I think he's just trying, trying to get us to, to the place where he has enough distractions in our life to draw us away. The Bible says, seek me with all of your heart and you'll find me. We've got people looking half-heartedly and expecting to find an entire God. That's not going to happen. When that happens, their encounter ends up being brief. And, and by brief, I mean it could be one or two or three years. But they never get rooted in Jesus Christ. They're like a tumbleweed. I remember when I came here, one of, one of the leaders of the church, we had people coming and going. I said, what's this about? Why, why don't they stay? Or, or why do they come back? He said, that's just the way people are down here. And I thought, they're never going to grow. 
Tumbleweed has no roots. They're just blowing from church to church. Get offended, go to the next one. Get offended, go to the next one. Go back to the first one. If that's you, stay out of this church. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're thin-skinned, somebody in this church will hurt your feelings. Amen. Somebody named Pastor. Amen. <laughs> that brief encounter happens a lot. As, as I said in week one of this series, uh, the things of the world can be seductive. They can draw you in. They convince you that their truth rather than the truth. When I was writing this sermon, I couldn't help but think about a, uh, a man whose family I grew up with, a, a couple of years older than me. And he was teaching Sunday school at the First Baptist Church in my hometown. He would leave there and drive to Knoxville, which is about 30 miles away, to go to the Unitarian Church. And Universalist Unitarians believe everybody is in one accord. You might be Islamic, you might be Hindu, you might be whatever, but as long as we're thinking good thoughts, can I tell you that will not get you to heaven? Thinking good thoughts, sending good vibes, I'm sending some good vibes your way, Robert. No, I'm not. I'm praying to God for healing of his shoulder. The worst thing about this, though, is that the people who slide like that, they don't think they've backslidden. I don't think God's going to hold that against me. I think I'll miss you in heaven, brother. He's a just God. It's easy, and, and I believe maybe some of you have done it too, to sell ourselves short. When we hold on to the truth of the world and not the truth of God. My value was set the day that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. God said, my son is worth your, worth your life. His life is worth your life. My value is set. So no matter what the world says about me, I'm valuable to God. You are valuable to God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the internal struggle is how do I accept what God says about me versus what the world is saying about me? How can I have peace with God when the world offers all these things that I like to do? Well, maybe you need to find how to do them in God. <laughs> can I tell you wholeheartedly, we, don't, we haven't been to the beach in several years because last time we hit that deer and I just don't want to go back down there and you can go to the beach and have a good time without having a Corona beer. No matter what every commercial on television says, you can go to the beach and have a good time without beer. I know. Who would have ever believed that? You can drive a car 10 years old and still be happy. 
I won't go that far. <laughs> Don't buy into what the world says. God says you're valuable. If you remember this, the sermon, Jesus had an, ex, had, had an external dialogue, nothing inside, outside, where he brought the struggle of the woman at the well out into the open. God will expose your shortcomings to you, allowing you to accept his change and make you even greater in the kingdom. He will help you get there. Jesus offered her the true source of life, one that satisfied completely. And before this interaction, she was in the, in the middle of being pulled in worldly directions while searching what could truly satisfy. And then it came walking directly into her life. The truth incarnate. Jesus Christ collided with her sin and she was set free. The Bible is clear in John 1.14 that Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh. If we know Jesus, we know the truth. And the only way to learn more truth is to spend time reading, studying, and learning your Bible. That's what we don't want to sell it. We want to keep, don't, don't buy what the world is offering and sell what God is offering. But then, but then, we're told to go and share it. All, all throughout the Bible, it's made clear uh, the Word was never meant to dwell in us alone. It is meant to be given to others. Freely you've received, freely give. Matthew 28, verses 18, and 20, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make decisions of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission. I've asked before, and right now seems like a good time. If you're a commissioned salesman, have you earned your money this week? Jesus demands his disciples to go out and, and spread, spread the word of God, the gospel message about him to the world, the good news. I believe the same commission is given to us. And, and I believe that when we accept Christ, we are charged, we are challenged to go forth and share the good news of Jesus Christ. I probably witnessed more before I knew what I was doing than I did after I thought I knew something. You know, sometimes it's just not smart enough not to tell somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, I rarely have a conversation with somebody that I don't bring up the Lord. I mean, a couple of years ago, y'all remember uh, early 2000 when I was sick in the hospital. I was 
talking to I didn't know what I was talking about, but I tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Everybody. How you doing today, Mr. Cooper? Well, I'm blessed. God's with me. They look at me like, you can't even move, Bo. What are you talking about? Oh, God's healing me right here, right now. I don't know if the TV shows are true, but, but I can assure you if they are, and some people have sort of said they are, the most immoral people are the ones working in hospitals. I mean, you know, they're doing some bad stuff. They need to hear the, the witness of a Christian. I'm going to be talking to my heart surgeon this week. Did I tell you about Jesus Christ? Ooh. Mm. He's been good to me. I don't ever want to let God down. I don't ever want to let God down. I had another guy this week that we're making a, a, some steel frames for him that's on, on that tour with Jelly Roll. And uh, Jelly Roll, I was telling him about Jelly Roll, nailed his cell phone that had all his drug dealers and, and contacts to the cross of Christ at the vision one time. And he made it five or six or seven months until Christians began to abuse him. Oh man, you got to do this. You got to do that. You don't need a famous person to be famous. You need them to be babies. Let them drink milk before you try and make them eat solid food. So I never called him Jelly Roll once I found out his name was Jason. I said, Jelly Roll's who you used to be. You're a new creation. Everybody treated him wrong and he, he went back to his old way. But God has a way, doesn't he? These guys working on the tour with him are buying steel from the man that led him to Christ. And now they've got the website that I put our sermons on that they can go and witness to him. God's working in this. God is working in this. I don't know how old this was. I've been tormented with the whole Facebook thing. I think Facebook is evil. I'd say straight up. They, they block people that, that are saying things about Jesus. They block people that question what the government... Guys, I am not living in communist Russia or communist China. I have my freedom of opinion. I have the right by the Constitution of the United States of America to express that right. And if you want to block it, then I'm going to call you evil. Now, I don't know whether our video will get out after me saying that or not, but it's going out across the world right now. And if they block us, I'll still record it and put it on a, a podcast. I don't know how to tell you to find it, but it's out there somewhere. <laughs> but you see, guys, we're... we're, 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 we're we're losing, we're losing the war because we're not fighting in the army. I heard a great sermon one time. It was about, uh, you know the story where they were chopping and the axe head fell off and it went into the water and, and the, the guy who was preaching said, too many Christians would go off by themselves with just the axe handle 
and act like they're still chopping wood and not doing anything. That hurt my toes. I said, I'll never do anything like that again. If I've ever done it before, I will not do it again. Because you can look like you're doing something and not be doing anything. That sounds kind of like Joyce Meyer, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> but guys, understand, God is wanting you to share the Word wherever you are. Wherever you are. He's giving you away. He's not just calling me as a minister. He's not just calling the praise team as praise leaders. He's calling each of us, you and me, to share the Gospel. Give it freely. More times than not when I've asked Jesus to take care of something, He's done it. He's done it. Share that miracle in your life with someone this week. I can't speak for all of you, obviously, but I can, but I can speak for Marty. And, and there are plenty of times where I, where I was tempted to sell myself short on something, following world temptations, rather than following the eternal truth of the Word of God. More times than not over the last 15 to 18 years, I have chosen the eternal Word of God. Maybe you have that internal wrestling match going on right now. The kingdom is colliding within you and you feel like you, you need to make a choice. Today's the day. Scripture says, submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee. Say it out loud when you have that torment coming on. God, I, I submit myself to you today. I submit my thoughts. I submit my will. I submit my desires to you, God. And then tell Satan, Satan, you gotta, you gotta leave. I've submitted to my God and you can't stay. Get out. You may feel guilty or goofy the first time you do it, but I can assure you after doing it a hundred times in my life, I don't feel goofy about it anymore because every time I do it, the right wins. It does. Submitting to God is your only way for the truth. Start praying today about opportunities to share that truth. It's the only source of abundant life that we have. It's the only thing that can satisfy you. And when you give that to others, you've given them eternity. Remember Scripture, Acts 20, 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It'll strengthen you. It'll enlarge the kingdom. And it'll make Satan really mad when you tell about Jesus. And those are the three things I want more than anything else. I hate Satan. I know we're not supposed to hate, but I... I just really. I mean, could you imagine dealing with a human being here on earth that everything they said was a lie? There's no truth in Satan. The father of all lies. And if you don't recognize him as that, you could be pulled into the world. 
get ready for open doors. Some of them might have to jiggle the handle a little bit. Sort of feel your way through the minefield. I've gotten blown up before. Why be afraid of Satan? I'm too big to swallow. He might gnaw on my toes or my fingers. But he can't eat me. He can't kill me. He's like a lion. He's not the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Satan is like a lion roaring to intimidate you. And you cannot be intimidated because you're a child of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Asking you shall receive. Seeking you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your, your presence in this tabernacle. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And Father, thank you as we go forth today from this, from this wonderful uh, meeting time, Lord, that you're going to strengthen us to be just witnesses in, in, in all the world, Lord. Let us have no fear when we're speaking about you. May all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory forever be yours. And may the praise, the fruit of our lips, be a blessing into your ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, I hope you all have a great day. Great week. Uh, we'll, we'll give you updates during the week. Uh, if you get a text from Lynn, call me because no, it's a joke. She, some of her texts are a little bit out there. But, you know, no need to know.